Welcome to Respectfully Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Coach JT, with the lovely Shamil McCarthy. And uh, this podcast is really, we're going to tackle issues on the black community that nobody wants to talk about. What did you call them? I call them BIPOC, which is Black Indigenous People of Color. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's just say, will we, can, we, can we agree on colored people? We can use colored people of color. People of color, yes. yes. Is that okay? That is okay. But in my field, we definitely use BIPOC. Okay, so what is your field? My field is mental health. Okay. And what do you do? I'm actually a therapist. I go ahead and see clients, private practice. And I also go ahead and assist people in finding themselves along with finding myself as well. Okay, okay. And I've been a nurse for 18 years. I am also a financial advisor, and I'm transitioning to financial coaching. That's what my passion is, right? Right. Right. All right, so what are we talking about today? Um, We actually want to talk about an array of things. I feel like mental health definitely is on the rise due to COVID, or as they say, getting back to a sense of normalcy. What really is a sense of normalcy? And how we can go ahead and make people more comfortable with the arise of this new variant that's coming around. New, new variant? You talking about COVID? I'm talking about with COVID, yes. So they, they're talking about a new variant already? Definitely a new variant because we know that they have the vaccines from J&J. They have Merrick and they also, is it Merck? I can't remember um, which one it is. Uh, Moderna. Moderna. And then Moderna. Moderna, yeah. Moderna. And then it's a third one. I'm not for sure. With Ash, is it AstraZeneca? I don't know. Not for sure what it is. But to my knowledge from what I'm hearing is that this variant that's coming about. It's like a super. super it does not even care about any of the vaccines. It's coming for you. Nice. So, I mean, not nice, but that's kind of terrible. Kind of mm-hmm. terrible. And we definitely don't want to go back to COVID. Uh, no. Well, lockdown again, rather. The uh, restrictions, the lockdowns. No. Yeah, that was the weight. trash. The no. trash. That was trash. Trash. So let's talk about this mental health. Like. Um, well, let's talk about how you got, like, how did you get into mental health first? Honestly, it was a personal experience. I had family members that were introduced to substance abuse Mm -hmm. or that I experienced mental health firsthand myself and also from family members. And I feel like, especially in our community, we do not take it as seriously. We'll be like, okay, well, I'm feeling this way. Let me go ahead and grab a drink or let me go ahead and sleep it off as far as Seasonal depression, more people are more hype and amped in the summertime compared to the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And it does go into what they've seen in their own community. And people of color are not perceptive or as apt to go ahead and seek mental health. They'll go talk to their girlfriend or their guy friends, or they'll go talk to their stylist, their nail tech, their barber stylist, you know, the barber or whoever else may be to get a I would actually say a biased opinion when to you can go ahead and get a licensed professional and it will be an unbiased opinion. So now my question to you, right? Because obviously growing up in a West Indian community, Definitely. you know, you, you do know, as I say, you, don't do as I oh, do. Go Definitely. pray about it. Go yes. pray about it. Right? Go pray about it. All right. So why do you feel like that is the case? And especially in the West Indian community? Um, we could go back actually to shoot the transatlantic slave trade, you know, Talk where some people were dropped off in the islands and then some people were dropped off obviously in America and in the Caribbean I felt like 
you know, we've kept a lot of our African cultures. We've kept our, dare I say, deities or so forth. And, you know, the religion came from, obviously, Africa, where you have voodoo. You know, in Trinidad, we have obir. I'm sure in your homeland, you have... <laughs> Don't be them. <laughs> definitely that. But, I mean, you know, we always say, run to this deity, run to this, pray about it, pray about it. But a lot of people are like, as I'm praying about it, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to sit here and hear, you know, my deity or my God or my spiritual being, higher power, tell me what's going on? No. Meanwhile, people are going to still be doing what they're doing and they're lost. So I feel like as a therapist, a clinician, however you may call it, it's like when you put rice in a strainer, you know, we sift through it and help. We don't help you. We actually assist you and guide you to finding your purpose or finding yourself so where you can get that aha moment and really understand the reason for why I feel this way, why things are going this way, and how I can go ahead and adjust to what's going on in my life so I can be a more effective person. Mm, that, was, that was pretty good. You, you, you out here, you out here putting in work, girl. I'm trying to. I'm really trying to. So, all right. So, basically, you, you're saying that there's essentially there's a fear, right? Definitely a fear. Because also me, like... My situation is a little different, right? So my father was a psychologist. Okay. So he worked at a um, school, um, autistic school in Brooklyn. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, I under, always understood, like, I, but I never had gone to therapy except for, like, marriage counseling or whatever. And then, um, you know, like, it wasn't a big deal for me, but I would see other people, and I'm like, yo, just go see a therapist. And they'd be like, nah, we don't talk to the white men then. And I'm like, bro, like, just talk to somebody. At least, like, talk to your pastor or somebody. And I feel like that's the only person that black people feel like they can go to, right? Maybe their, you know, their pastor or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's a good start. Mm -hmm. But I feel like pastors only have a certain amount of um, expertise in, in this field. Do you agree or you disagree? I definitely do agree. And on the flip side, do disagree. Because if you're going through something personal in your life, you may say, well, I don't want to be, quote unquote, judged by going to the pastor or going to the church. Mm -hmm. Because you may feel like, okay, well, if I told the pastor, could it be possible that this person heard me or that person heard me or that person heard me? I mean, but isn't, I know that there's, isn't client, um, was it a client, client, the privilege? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that client therapist privilege. And yeah. it's also the therapeutic alliance that we do build with our clients. Okay. Now, I'm not for sure as far as the church or how that may go, but I know in my realm, as a client, you are legally, you can legally hold us to what you tell us unless you are harming yourself or harming others, right, 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 having right. suicidal ideations or suicidal thoughts. At that time, I will let my client know every time before a session, I will go ahead and keep everything locked tight and sealed unless it's suicidal thoughts, suicidal got ideation, it, if you plan on hurting it, yourself it, or harming it. someone else. Because then at that point, I am held legally to my state yeah. And also kind of like how doctors have that Hippocratic, the Hippocratic oath. Gotcha. Uh -huh. We as therapists and clinicians, we have that as well, too. So I'm not going to have you hurt yourself or hurt anybody else because if it was never documented, it never happened. Happen, right. Well, and you know, we, that's the same thing with nursing, too. Correct. And we do document everything. Okay. So we have to protect you as well as protecting ourselves. Now, back to the question as far as the pastor or the priest or whoever it may be. Think about if you're seeing that person in, you know, your most sensitive 
or in your most intimate feelings. And then you have to come back and see this person preaching. And it may feel judgmental for yourself as a person or, a congre- or being a, of the congregational mm-hmm. factor of that church, whoever you may go to. And of course, it could bear on you spiritually, emotionally, mentally. You may not want to continue to either one, see that pastor, be at that church. So therefore, you've kind of cut yourself off spiritually. And then you may not want to see that person in the realm of therapy. So you actually cut yourself up emotionally and mentally. So now it's, you, you're basically digging yourself in a digger. Correct. Uh, Where's the boundaries, as we right. like to say. Okay. And it. even Got in it. my realm, if I see one of my clients, I don't approach them. If they say hello to me, you know, keep it casual. Hi, how are you? We're not allowed to receive gifts. If, say for instance, you give me a gift, I will put it on display for everyone to see. I won't personally keep it for myself because we're not supposed to do that, according to the state. Favoritism and whatever. Definitely. So there's a lot of parallels with... um, Well, we're uh, both in the healthcare field, so so definitely. Therapists and nursing, right, right, right. So we're not allowed to accept gifts unless it's for everybody. Correct, we're displaying it for everybody. Um, I feel like religion does play a big part into things. And going back to, of course, the transatlantic slave trade, where Caribbeans kept their, you know, connection with their African culture mm-hmm. as to where, you know, unfortunately, I say that um, Africans that became Americans, they were disconnected from it due to, you know, breaking down your train of thought, breaking down your spirituality, breaking down who you are. So in that sense, they brought about, and this is probably going to drift even further the image of you know jesus christ as a caucasian mm, man talk about it talk about it talk about because it because even in the bible it says that he had feet of brass and hair like wool mm. last time i checked you know skin like brass even though it's his braids it's still hair like wool you know that's uh, of this, our, is, this is closer to what you're talking about right here, right here. that's of our culture you know and unfortunately jesus christ was depicted as a caucasian man to imitate the slave master so if you pray to Jesus Christ, then obviously, you know, you would pray or worship to the slave master. But that can definitely be a different topic. So let me peel it back. <laughs> you peel it back. back. <laughs> come on, come, come back in. But it's more of let someone that's personally trained go ahead and deal with you. I mean, you go to a cardiologist if you have heart problems. You go to a neurosurgeon if you have, you know, issues with your mind. Why not go ahead and go to a therapist or a clinician to get, you know, spiritually or emotionally intact? Mm -hmm. Go to someone that's licensed, that's taking the time to really, you know, understand the workings of yourself, the workings of your personality, the workings of your emotions, the workings of your mental state, and go ahead and assist you into figuring it out. All right. So I'm I'm, I'll 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 come from my perspective. Right. So, like I said. My perspective is a little different, but even knowing what I knew, I was still hesitant to go to therapy. You know what I mean? Um, uh, when I divorced in, what, 2018? Okay. That's when we met, right? That's exactly when we met. Yeah, so, like, matter of fact, when we met, that's when I was going through that mm-hmm. that, that that trial. And I never knew it. Nah, the, well, I mean, Never knew it. Nah, you know, you got to keep those type of things to yourself. But, no, nah, it was a very, a very dark time for me. And, um... I ended up finding this program called Momentum. Mm. Uh, shout out to Momentum Education. Plug. Literally, yeah, always, always a plug. <laughs> a plug. Like, I will always plug Momentum Education for the rest of my life. Um, literally helped me. Uh, it's basically about personal development um, in all realms. And the things that I learned in there were, 
it was like priceless, mm. right? And then after I came out that, so it's a lot of coaching, right? It's a lot of coaching. And that's kind of why I wanted to get into coaching because growing up, I actually wanted to be a therapist. Okay. But, you know, the schooling, I was like, yeah, that, that, that ain't it. I've been in school a that good part of my life. And I'm thinking it. about going back. So for me, this is kind of like the coaching was kind of like a segue that I can kind of, you know, help mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So, um, yeah. So basically after momentum, I still felt like this yearning that I needed more. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was still some questions that I had. So uh, one of my boys said he found a therapist. He said he was good. Um, I checked it out and it really did. Like, it really did. Like, truthfully, like my boy telling me about this person, like the therapist really did like help me like push forward and, 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 and go. And, um, you know, I think we had like six sessions or whatever. And it was definitely useful. I think that and what I realized about therapy, and you kind of alluded to this, is that it's about the asking the why questions, right? Definitely. And just depending on how, like, you, you're, you're definitely coming to the conclusions yourself. Like, I think also a false narrative is that people are putting certain information in your head. And that's the farthest from the truth. That like, is not what... In my experience, it was like, it was basically, all right, so why, why do you feel this way? Or how do you feel this way? And when you do feel this way, like, what, what is coming up for you? You know what I mean? That was like really big. Like, what is coming up for you? What was what is coming up for you? And I thought it was powerful. Mm-hmm. Like the experience. Like every time that I would leave, I would feel like, sheesh. Like that was actually really good. Like you had an even, aha a, moment. A, a aha, yeah. Like literally every time, it was an aha moment. Um, and I so, I say all that to say that I found that ther- th- therapy was what I needed. Therapeutic. It was therapeutic. Therapeutic. therapeutic yeah. So it was. Um, and. I will say this though. Therapy isn't for everyone though. Do you agree or do you disagree? Let's talk about it. Um I can take on both aspects because you have to be willing to go. I've worked in different settings. I've worked in 822 facility that was actually mandated by the government or you know, criminal, parole, probation, things so like basically, that. Yeah, they were mandated. The, okay, they had to the go. So they were uh-huh. very resistant, didn't want it, and things of that nature. And then when you do private practice, it's a little bit easier because it's like they're willing to come. They want to do the steps. They're going to do the homework. They're going to put in the work. Right. And as a therapist, you should never do more work than the client. And that turns into burnout. But to really answer your question... I think if you're ready for it, you'll be ready for it. Mm. And that's the thing. That's how it could maybe for everybody. And then it may not be for everybody. You have to be ready to put in the work. So I agree with that. Right. But I feel like there are some people, and this is from what I've seen. Like I, I always talk about my experience. Of like, course. Obviously I, I don't know what everybody else is going through, but some of the people that I've seen that actually gone to therapy, they become victims. You know what I mean? Mm. And then they don't, they use that as a, as an opportunity to become victims. Can you speak on that? Like when, when, when people come in into your session as victims, like how do you like work them through that? Well, I would like for them to get to identify, sad to say what form of victimization they actually endured. Because when I hear victim, it could be either a victim of domestic violence, Mm. a victim of alcohol abuse, a victim of any type of abuse. And once you've acknowledged whatever type of victim or victimization that you went through, then we will start to unpack. And when I say unpack, there's levels to it. 
just like anything, there's levels to it. It could be trauma from childhood. It could be trauma from a marriage. It could be trauma from a death mm-hmm. or a divorce, which is a death of a marriage. But I always believe in you know, working. I'm sorry to cut you off. Sorry. I, I didn't even like think about that. Like uh-huh. a death of a marriage. A death of a marriage. Shate la boche. Hey. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. A death of a marriage. And just like we had um, a conversation, I do want to talk about this as two, uh-huh. four components to people. You know, when we spoke about the man and the woman and then. Well, let's talk about that because that's that that was actually you hit me with some some jewels the other day. I definitely I like I said, we unpacked Unpacked. and you had an aha moment. I did. I did. So I I myself believe that there's four components to people. There's the man and the woman. Then there's the partners. Then there's the husband and the wife. And then there's the obviously the father and the mother. Mm -hmm. And. In those steps, I feel like you have to know yourself as a woman and as a man first. So you enjoy your singledom. You enjoy knowing who you are, how to love who you are. And it's so cliche, but a lot of people say, love yourself. So when you are partnered up with someone, if it's not familiar to you how you love yourself, then you know that that person is not good for you. Just the base model. You're not going to hurt yourself. You're not going to lie to yourself. Mm. You're not going to cheat yourself. We hope. We hope not. You know, be honest with yourself. So if that person that you're trying to intertwine with Uh doesn't even show you one-tenth of what you will show yourself, unfortunately, you need to let it go. You need to leave it alone. And that's why a lot of people don't understand the difference between singleness and loneliness. You're single. You're not lonely. And I feel like people should enjoy them themselves. Well, because loneliness is a, it's an emotion. It's definitely emotion. It's definitely a feeling, too, mm-hmm. which coincides with feeling and emotions. Right. But you also have to be able to enjoy yourself to know that I'm single. I'm not lonely. Right, right, right. So right. once you understand that, then that's fine. But unfortunately, society labeled, if you're single, then obviously you're lonely. That's not true. Mm, you're right. You're right. You you are yo. I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean, you? I'm still learning myself too. I'm trying, but this is also with life experience. Yeah, exactly. 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 With textbook findings. So it's the white man science. That's what you're talking about. I wouldn't say it's white man, black man. It's just, just knowledge. Check. Just checking. Knowledge, and we, it's checking. not for us to keep. We pass it on, just like how we're passing on knowledge to you right now. We pass it on, and then after the singleness, then you have being a partner. So, like I said before, piggybacking on if you have a partner and they're not treating you the way you would treat you yourself, right, right, right. then you cut it off. And then when you do find that person and they are treating you the way you treat yourself, then obviously the next step is marriage. Right. I mean, obviously. Well. But then again, we spoke about it. What about people who don't believe in marriage? Right. Then, I mean, that's something that you guys should talk about firsthand because we don't want you to be unequally yoked. We want you to be. So we, yo, you're hitting some. We want you to be yoked. You're hitting some, 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 some stuff today. I'm trying. I'm keeping it real, respectfully <laughs> speaking. Uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm keeping it respectfully. All right, so you're saying, okay, so basically, be happy in your singleness, right? Correct. And as we know, a lot of people are not happy in their singleness because they confuse it with loneliness. Correct. And then what you're saying is, once you uh, established your singleness or happy being single then it's okay to, to, to look for that person that you want to build with. Correct. Right? And once, if that person is able to 
um, mirror, mirror, mm -hmm. yes, mirror what you're doing and bringing to the table or whatever. And then you intertwine, right? Correct. So that's two. What's three? Well, three obviously would be marriage. Okay, so so okay. that would be husband and wife. Okay. But then again, some people, like we discussed, some people may not believe in that. Now, I feel like within the first three months of meeting somebody, or as they say, the ninety-day rule. You should know if this. You should is know if that person has the same beliefs as you. Do you believe in having children? Do you believe in having? I feel like that stuff should be established. I mean. In the honeymoon stages, they like but, to say. But, but even in maybe like the like, I, well, I feel like it depends on your age, right? Correct. I feel like if if you know the first first two dates, that's your stuff should be established. I mean, yes, it does depend on your age because you have to think if someone's in their twenties. Yeah. All right. Then yeah, they're not. They're not. And that you know that stuff can change. It can definitely change. Now, if you're in your business and you're doing this and you're doing this, obviously as a man, you know, you're looking to be a provider and a protector. Mm -hmm. So if you're already in your business, in yourself, then yes, you're looking for someone to compliment you. Yes. I don't yes. say, I'm looking for someone to, you know, per, to, to do for me and this, it's complimenting. Right, okay. So I'm looking for someone to compliment what I'm trying to do. Because it's like, am I your partner or am I your parent? Mm, mm, we're mm. trying to be partners and we're trying to go ahead and ex excel to the upper room okay okay so so then all right so after after that after uh the third step the was third marriage step, which correct unity let's say unity right? correct so then um the fourth step is mother and father mother and father okay and i feel like those should be if someone is on the same level as you within the first 90 days of you know dating as they like to say the honeymoon stage I feel like those things should be talked about and agreeing with what you said. Where are you at? Got it. Mentally, Got emotionally, it. spiritually, and as a whole, biopsychosocial. Where are you? Got it. Because I myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ascending to my next decade coming up. I'm not going to stay here and deal with someone in their 20s because we're not on the same wavelength. Right, right, right. He could still be in his business. He could be however, but you have to understand the core of him is still in his 20s. He may not want to do the things that I may want to do. Correct. And I may not want to do the things that he may want to do. Okay. So age does play it, but also maturity definitely plays a big role into who you may want to yoke with. <laughs> yoke with. I got that. Who you want to know. That's biblically speaking respectfully <laughs> all right so i think we got on that topic because of um how did we get on that topic we actually got on the topic because you said you went to therapy and you found out a lot of stuff oh yes yes during so, that yeah, time during that you. time yeah so during my discovery discovery of self of self yes, yes. as and a man i love myself and now i am happily divorced respectfully okay <laughs> <laughs> So I would like to pinpoint it's very good that as a man of color that you went to therapy. Mm -hmm. And if you can speak on the positivity, I mean, not just the positivity, but the pros and cons of how you felt before therapy, during therapy, and after therapy. Because we may have a lot of male listeners. And All right. So uh, the, the, I feel like the cons for me, there weren't many cons. Um, For me, there weren't any cons. I can't. I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe the price. Maybe that's the only price. Did you not use your? So insurance? my insurance paid for some of it. Okay. And I think oh, 
that's a good thing to talk about, right? Is the price. Okay. So, like, I feel like a lot of people want to get to go to therapy, but then, even my experience, when I was looking for a therapist, right, there was a lot of therapists, especially black therapists, that don't take health care insurance. Mm -hmm. What is that about? Okay, I've actually credentialed before, and it's a very tumultuous process, but if you want to get it done, it's going to get done. It's just that obviously you have to have your MPI, your tax ID, you know, you have to have your name if you're established registered with the state, or if you want to be with an actual group, say for instance, we want to be with a hospital or if you want to be with a private practice, mm -hmm. you can do for yourself individually if you are licensed, but if you're not licensed and you're under someone, you would have to go with the group and hopefully they will already have everything established and you would have to register yourself with your tax ID with your name, sorry, not your tax ID, to get your MPI number, which is your national provider identification number. Once you get that number, that is your number for life. Got it, got it. Just got like it. if you have an EIN number with the taxes, with your the MPI number is with the state. So I mean, like doctors have an MPI number. Definitely have So once, MPI basically, numbers. once you're a licensed practitioner. Not even licensed, but once you've been registered with the state, copy, copy, then copy. you will go ahead and be able to go ahead and obtain your MPI number. Okay. So when you tell when when I hear not just from you but when I hear oh it's the cost of therapy that kind of you know turned me away I'm gonna be honest with you people will pay for what they want oh no 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 I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying I just thought that for me like my insurance my insurance covered majority of it okay and then um, did you reach your deductible yeah I think I did okay yeah so. Thing. Can you try to like hit me at the end with like some crazy bill? I said, sir. Well, at, sir. before you start therapy, sir. I think you need to get sir. all of that. Get, out, get it all out the way. <laughs> we don't want to be surprised in therapy. <laughs> we want to <laughs> break no, no, through, no, no. but not that type of breaking my pockets. We yeah, want to yeah. break through. So, I mean, just to put, that was literally probably the only issue that I have, which is the price. And I mean, I know, because, you know, your students, it's crazy. We're not going to talk about that in that session, uh, but yeah. I'm just saying, but yeah. <laughs> so I understand, like, I understand, you know, for your service or whatever the case may be. So that that was probably the only um, con that I had. Um, but like I said, the clarity was amazing. Um, and, it, you, you know, you, you get a chance to really just step back and, like you said, like an unbiased opinion, right? Correct. I think, I think, because you, you can speak to your boys, you can speak to your family, and they'll always give you... Yeah. They'll always give you, a, you know, a bias, even if they don't want to. Majority of the time, they'll have your back. Right, they'll have your back, you know, they'll support you. So, like, when I was telling my therapist my situation, he was like, hmm, have you thought about it this way, from this perspective? I was like, I mean, I have. And then he was like, okay. So, boop, 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 boop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean. You didn't want to look at it that way. I'm like, why would I want to look at it that way? And I, like, it, again, gave me the clarity that I needed to say, okay, maybe I can understand this, you know what I mean, a little better, and maybe I could approach things a little differently. So, and, you know, there were times, literally, I couldn't sleep, like, after the, the therapy session. I was like... You were, yeah, you were having a whole bunch of aha moments. Aha moments. Definitely. You know, a mental breakdown. I mean, and not like, like... Not like a psychotic psych episode. Break, yeah, Definitely. but I was like, yo, this is, like, people really be going through this stuff. People do. And... I mean, unfortunately, when you said, you know, you were going through your divorce, 
some people do, you know, refer to it as a death of a marriage. So it is emotional because you're coupling with someone and building something together. And then, you know, it breaks down. And then we, you know, look at it in the retrospect of how I could have changed this different, how I could have done this different. And, And I feel like that's what you always, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that therapy highlighted. Like, how could I have done, especially when, you know, I was married for what, 12 years? So like, and then you have I hate calling it collateral damage, but you have you know yeah, children you know, from that three, union. Three, three kids, yeah. So, I mean, and to me, honestly, like, yes, you know, reeling, reeling from that. But what affected me the most was like not being with my kids like every day. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's not like they're close by; they're far. So that was really like impeding um, on what you needed to do to move forward. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it was definitely. It was definitely like I'm getting, getting <laughs> I mean, it's real. It's no, it's real. real. Like you really have to you, and like you said, you have to go in there wanting to really, like, make a difference. And, and this make is a something change. that our parents never told us. So right. not only that, you're breaking generational curses, I am. and you're I setting am. standards for your children. Absolutely. On Absolutely. When I need help, I need to go ahead and seek it and find it. Right, and I mean, obviously, you know. It affects how you raise your kids differently. Um, Definitely. You know, like, I'm so mindful of how I speak to them. Even just, I don't even ask them why questions anymore. Like, it's more about, like, how I'm framing it. And that has a lot to do with the coaching, too. But Or even better, when they ask you why questions, our parents used to say what? Because, because I, I said told so. You. Yeah. Because I said so, because I told you so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, And you're breaking that cycle. I, I think, I mean, in my experience, therapy was dope. And... Also, I'll say this, right? Everybody might, you might go to one therapist and they might not float your boat. You might not connect with them. Definitely do not discredit that one therapist for right, every, for other, every therapist. other therapist. You know what I mean? They might, you know, I think my, my therapist was Jewish, like straight Jewish. And it was, it was interesting, right? Because like kind of the first sec, um, session, he was like intrigued. I don't, I, I don't know if he had that many black clients or whatever but you know he went my friend but he was like intrigued and we had similar similarities in certain things um but like i said don't be if if you don't mesh with one therapist um don't hurt yourself right don't compound whatever insecurities or fears that you may have you know you can take your one session or you can even see if they offer a consultation you know, which could be like a 15 minute consultation for before you start your session. So you won't actually have to pay out of pocket or it won't affect your, obviously your that. insurance. You have to ask. Some therapists do offer consultations to see if you do mesh because I mean, just like when you, you speak with a doctor, do you mm-hmm. offer a consultation? It's 15 minutes and it is billable, but however, you don't have to necessarily bill it to your insurance. If you don't know, obviously, you're not going to know what to ask. So closed mouth don't get fed, and that's why we're here. Right, right, right. Providing <laughs> <Respectfully>. them jewels. <laughs> Providing them jewels. So you definitely can ask for a consultation. I hadn't. I, I didn't even know that. And they have um, websites for women, black girls for therapy. You know, for other people, they do have psychology today. Um, I definitely will go ahead and plug in some other assets to therapy. And if you have insurance... Contact member services or contact your behavioral health, your BH plan, a part of it. You know, they have a lot of insurance that go ahead and take care of it. Medicaid definitely will pay for it. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. do not have to cover the out-of-cost expense. You know, if you have your hospital that's available, 
say, hey, do you know where we can actually speak to a therapist or a social worker? So essentially, what we're just saying is ask questions. Ask questions. Just like when you go to get your hair done. Okay, what color do I need? If I want to get this, if I want to get that, how much it costs? The same thing. It's for your hair. It's going in your head. It's for your whole body. So let's let's talk about, like, being embarrassed, right? Okay. Like, I feel like a lot of, especially men, might be embarrassed to speak about whatever they've gone through. Whatever trauma. trauma, Whatever trauma that they've gone through. So, like, how would you suggest um, someone? uh, And we did address it by saying that, you know, if you want help, seek help, Definitely. right? But in your experience, like, speak um, on that. I am someone that definitely believe in leaving it at the door. I like to take my therapist hat off before I get home. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was dealing with my most previous partner. It was very tumultuous for me because I felt like I had to step in as a therapist and explain a lot of stuff to my partner. Mm-hmm. So for me... I like to separate the two. If I'm speaking to you, yes, I'm speaking to you as a therapist because of this segment. But once we leave here, I'm your friend that you've known since 2018. Right, so right, right, keep right, it real. Right, right. Even though she be hitting me sometimes, I'd be like, listen. No, I don't, I don't do domestic violence. I don't do my hands stay to myself. Yeah, yeah. She'd be like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give her credit. Respectfully. She'd be, like, she'd be like, do you like, do you want me to answer as a therapist? And I'm like, all right, fine. And I'd be like, all right. Like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Come on. Like, I mean, you have it. to let it be known because sometimes you do have to take off that, that hat. Right, correct. And many hats that we do wear. However, um, just get over. I mean, I don't want to say get over, but I always say. Because it's a fear. It definitely is a fear. It's and a it's fear. trauma. However you grew up, you may not want that to perpetuate to your children. So you have to know better in order to do better. Just like growing up, you know, Caribbean, of course, we may have had kneel down in the corner with our hands up in the air. You know, I wouldn't want my children to kneel down in the corner with their hands up in the air, you know, um, getting spankings, you know, talk to your children a lot more because you don't want to add fuel to the fire of anger and rage and so forth. And in our community, a lot of men are angry. A lot of men do have rage. And not only that, a lot of the times their house are single parent reared. Yeah, so I was just, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one thing that I was thinking about. Like a lot of guys, you know what I mean? They come from single households and, you know, they deal with things a little differently. So the only thing that they have is rage. Like they, they haven't learned how to communicate. Correct. And it's even worse because unfortunately I don't, want children to fear their parents. It's a Mm -hmm. huge difference in respect and fear. So if you have a son that fears his mother, obviously the woman that's in his life, what is he going to do? Um, He's going to cower over certain women. Or he's going to be afraid of women that remind him of his mother. Or he's going to hold that anger and that remorse that he's had for so many different years and take it out. And I feel like as a woman we need to watch those cues of how we talk to our black men and how we talk to our black boys because you know the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world and obviously women are the nurturers and you know we're here to rear the children so and i'm not saying that what your parents did was wrong all i'm saying is that it's, now you know better we need to do better correct i i i agree i agree a thousand and we, we've had conversations like how, um, you know, sometimes a lot of single women have to play certain roles 
and yes. they don't then you know when when they're doing that they can't be the nurturer as much because they're provider right, and it, it's exactly. a hard balance and it's like um they're in a situation where now they're just now they're angry you know what i mean now oh, yes. they're now, now they're angry all the time and now they're projecting that on their kids their children so like for a person like that like is therapy the answer Yes and no. They have to be willing. You have to be willing. Just like, and I mean, don't take this the wrong way. Just like, and I'm going to keep it real. Just well, like you were willing to lay down mm. and enjoy that moment. And then later on have the children, you know, no one asked to come here. Right. So, and excuse the passion of my voice, but nobody asked to come here. So you have to look at it as like, would I want my son or my daughter being treated this way? by a partner the way that their father or mother may have treated the way your father may have treated you mm -hmm. you know he's no longer here or he could be physically here but mentally somewhere else because it has happened yeah, it does have, absolutely where fathers or mothers have been in the household and, and they're technically gone. not there right. so it's like do you want that to happen to your child and i get that women can be angry and i get that men can be angry uh, yeah women can I mean, it's a reason why. We're just not angry for no reason. It's a reason why. No one's born angry. Some people are. We're I really doing this. Uh, I'm just saying, some people are just... You know of a baby being born angry. Yeah. My, one of my kids was born angry. My son. My four-year-old. Okay. So as soon as he came out... that Yo, you look at you. Nah, he's mad. <laughs> I was just about to he say, has, has, moments, let's though. put it to science. He, he, he has his moments. No, but no, you're right. Nobody comes out angry. It's just experiences that. Correct. Learn that, behavior. Yeah, learn behavior that, that kind of uh, kind of guide us that way. Made trauma. Correct. So, okay. So now we're dealing with trauma. All right. So now as a therapist, right? Yes. Like, obviously, do you go to therapy? I definitely do go to therapy as a therapist because when we're having our clients unpack all this stuff, it can be transferred to you. And then there's something called counter transference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn to be able to be hit with something that may be triggering to you. Cause we do have therapists out there that may be, that may have been emotionally victimized, physically victimized. And that might be that might be why they're doing what they're doing. Correct, because therapy is also for yourself as well as for others. Mm -hmm. So who are we going to push this information onto? Who are we going to be able to talk to to handle it in an unbiased, professional manner? Because some of the things that we hear from our clients, we cannot repeat it. By law, like I spoke about earlier, we cannot repeat it unless right, right, right. It's endangering themselves or others. So my therapist, love her to death, been with her for over a year. We're working on a lot of stuff. She has helped me to understand whatever trauma that I've been through, that I need to go ahead and let it go so it won't perpetuate onto my children. Let it go, let it go. Nah, nah, Respectfully. Uh, nah, I think that's like you hit you hit some really really dope topics, and I'm glad that you brought it up. That um, I'm glad that you brought it up that you actually go to therapy. Correct. I think that I think that um, it really 
pinpoint the uh, thing. So I, I think we kind of hit on a lot of topics. And uh, is there anything else you want to say in closing? Um, treat your mind the same way you would treat your body. You, as a person, would not disrespect yourself. So don't disrespect your mind and know that. And I know this sounds so corny and cliche, but a mind is a terrible thing. Corny is good. (laughs) A mind is a terrible thing to waste. But just know, once here is okay, everything will go ahead and follow through. Keep your chakras aligned. And open. Mm, Well, respectfully keep certain (laughs) things open. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We were doing so well. You're so, oh, my goodness. Respectfully. Yeah. All right, so uh, this is episode one. Yes. Respectfully speaking. More to come. More to come. We've only just begun. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. All right, live long and prosper. Mm